Good morning, church. We are thankful for this gift of God to be able to assemble, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We're happy that our visitors are here. We're happy that our members are here. We're happy that God is here. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. Our gracious, mighty God in heaven, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you. We pray our worship is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We ask, Lord God, that you will help us to rid our minds of all worldly thought, that we might focus only on you, that we might give all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, and energy to you in our worship this morning. Please help us, strengthen us, and bless us to never forget Jesus, your great son, who died on that cruel cross of Calvary, that we might live. It's in his name we pray and thank thee, but be thy will. Amen. Malachi chapter 1 is where we left off last week, or two weeks ago, rather. It was absolutely last week. Honoring God. The question was, are we honoring God according to his due? Are we honoring God in a way that brings glory to his name? And this morning we look at the word or the thought of honoring God, joined with the idea and the understanding of worshiping God. So Malachi 1 and verse 6, the question that is asked, we'll come back to it. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised thy name? Worship is interesting. There was this word, an old Anglo-Saxon word. I'm not really sure exactly how to pronounce it, but it's worship, or some have even said it in a way of worshipy. And that word was then shortened to worth-ship. And then our English word has come down from those two words, and we shortened it later to the word worship. So worth sight, worthship, and worship is the ascribing to some deity or some god what you think he is worth. Let's turn to Acts 17, please. And so in this day, as we're looking throughout history, in Acts 17, when Paul was on the Areopagus, he noticed about 3,000 gods, and they were all being worshipped. In verse 20, the Bible says, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. We want to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now, all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. And Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. 
And so they ascribed to John, please, chapter 4, to these gods, uh, what they felt those gods were worth. Thus, worshipping those gods. But you see, there is only one God in whom we worship. And in John 4 and verse 20, there's an interesting discussion with the woman at the well. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Worship. Psalm 49, please. Psalm 29. Psalm 29. Is reverent honor or homage paid to God to render religious reverence and homage to a deity. Worship. Psalm 29, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. And so, this morning as we look at Malachi, and we, we're still talking about Jesus and, and how uh, he's found throughout the in, entirety of the Bible. This morning I want us to think about our worship or our worth-ship and ask what kind of value do I place on God and whom I am worshiping this morning. That's those, for those of you who are home, uh, online, uh, when you think about what you're doing as you're sitting on the couch, worshiping God. Is it worship based on the value and the worth of God? Or am I just going through the motion of being in attendance and checking off the mark to say, I was here? Reverence. Deep respect with awe. This is an interesting word, veneration. Veneration rendered to pay reverence, trembling fear, to hold in awe. In other words, realizing that God is our life support, and so you're holding on to God so tightly that you desire to never leave Him or lose Him. And then that idea of homage, that we pay homage to God, to respect God, to pay a type of reverence to God, which would be sinful to pay to any created being. Right? Not like on the Areopagus where they worshipped and honored their own gods in different ways, but the worship and the homage that we pay to God is something that would be sinful to pay that same type of respect or homage to a created being. And then honor. 
high public esteem, fame, glory, high respect for worth, or if you will, the value that we place on God. That would be, again, sinful to pay to a created thing. Revelation chapter, chapter 4, please. So what happens in the book of Malachi is Malachi <clears throat> excuse me, speaks of that respect and that honor and that value that Judah has placed on God to where they have brought God down to being really nothing more than someone or something like themselves. But when we look at the glimpse in the heavens, we see that Revelation 4 and verse 8, there's a different kind of homage or reverence paid to the honorable God. In verse 8, the Bible says, And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they existed and were created. So now, think for just a moment, back to Malachi chapter 1. Think for just a moment how distant the people had become, the priest, if you will. How distant the priest, how distant. Maybe we might even say the church as we bring this to our own personal perspective. How distant some people have become to God. Listen to the question. Verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor God asks and if I am a master where is my respect says the Lord of hosts to you O priest who despise my name but you say how have we despised your name now when you read the rest of the text you realize how distant they are they're so distant that they don't even realize how far they've gone away from God in their hearts. And I want us to think about our worship this morning, whether you're home, whether you're here, and you're worshiping. How distant am I, or have I become, to God? Well, they were so distant that they couldn't even in their minds wrap around their minds to what the law actually said and what they were doing. So verse 7, God gives them an answer. And God says, you are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled thee? 
in that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? How, God, have we defiled your altar? And God says, take a look at yourselves. You're presenting to me the worst of the worst. The blind, the cripple, and the lame. Have you not read the law? Let's go to Leviticus. Leviticus 22. And and let's read what, what they were supposed to know and how they were supposed to practice their worship and offering sacrifices to God. How did they forget? How did they forget? Leviticus 22, verse 20. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it will not be accepted for you. And when a man offers a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow, or for a free will offering of the Lord, or of the flock, It must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scab, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make of them an offering by fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb, which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Deuteronomy chapter 15, beginning at verse 21. Does God have to accept whatever I bring to Him? The Bible says, but if it has any defect, such as lameness or blindness or any serious defect, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. Their question, how, Malachi please, how have we dishonored you, God? And in, in what way have we brought dishonor to you? Verse 8, Malachi chapter 1. But when you present the blind, did we not just read that? For sacrifice, is it not evil? Or when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? One might say, Give that worthless, despicable offering to your governor. But don't bring it to me. This morning, the question is, how much worth, how much value have you placed in your worship of God? Am I going through the motion? Am I here because I'm just supposed to be here? Or am I here because I love, and I honor, and I 
respect God. And I'm worshiping Him with everything I have this morning. I'm giving Him my full attention because of who He is and what He has done. Worship. Verse 9. Here's their thinking. Their way of thinking. It's amazing. But now, will you not entreat God's favor that He may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Their their thinking was, you know, let's be good to God. Let's kind of go through the motion so we can get something. You know, we can get some gifts from God. I want God to hear my prayer. So, you know, I want a car and I want this and I want that. So I'm going to go through the motion of worship. I'm going to be there and check the box so I can get something good from God. What, What was wrong with them? See, Malachi, Malachi reveals to us by way of inspiration what the problem was. It was a heart issue. They had a heart issue. Their hearts were not in God. Their hearts were in the material wealth of the world. Their hearts were, were stuck, if you will, in, in worldliness and not in Christianity in our day. As we think about our hearts, It was not in serving God in Judaism. It was not in serving God in honor. It was in serving God so we can get something from Him. Is that why I'm here this morning? Because I don't want to be cursed. Someone said, why don't you want, why do you want to go to heaven? Because I don't want to go to hell. That's not the right answer for the Christian. I can't imagine being separated from my God. Worth So what does God demand? Does God not demand in our worship truth and purity? In our worship? You know how God says things like, if you've got trouble with your brother, don't put your money in the offering plate. Leave it at the altar. Go get it right with your brother and then come back and worship me. Your money's no good. How serious is our worship to our God this morning? Verse 10. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. I think what we're getting from this is that God does not accept just any old type of worship. It must be in spirit and in truth. Verse 11 says, For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense is going to be offered to my name. And a grain offering that is pure, for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it, and that you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. What, what happened? 
what happened? What, what happened to the priest? What, what has happened to the church? Isaiah 48, please. To where God is, maybe in America at least, God is, is more of an inconvenience. You know, don't take too much of my time. Uh, don't, don't bother me with extra stuff. I mean, it, let me just talk to the men. But just, it is hard. You know how hard it is to get a brother in Christ to come up and serve? No, but don't let everybody else do that. It's not for everybody else. It's for you. It's for me. Right? Every man in the body of Christ should want to serve. God, what can I do for you? But no, that's not our attitude. It's, no, I'm going to sit back in the pew and let everybody else do it. What's happened to us? Maybe I'll be there this Sunday. I'm not coming back tonight. I'm not coming back on Wednesday. What has happened to us? What happened to them? And the bad thing is, like us, they didn't even see it. How have we defiled your name, God? What you mean? mean wait, wait, wait. Okay, maybe we didn't put you first, but God, you were close. Isn't that good enough? No, it's not. It's not. God says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I want you either cold or hot. See, we have to make our minds up in our, in our worship, in our relationship with the Lord, as to whether we're going to be hot and on fire for the Lord or cold as ice. But that's your choice. What happened to the Lord's church? What happened to me? What happened? In Isaiah 48, in verse 1, Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are named Israel, and who came forth from the loins of Judah, who swear by, my, by the name of the Lord, and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. Okay, something's going on. So, so, Lord, how are they doing this then? I'm skipping, if you will, over to verse 11. You know, they, they weren't doing it from the heart. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act, for how can my name be profaned? And my glory I will not give to another. Look, this isn't a new thing. It's been happening to Israel and happened to Judah, and now it's happening to us. And God's name is being despised. God's name is being profaned by most of the brotherhood. What happened to us? What, what's happening to us? Why am I here this morning? God, how much worth do I, do I place on you? John 4. God said to them in Malachi that would that someone would just, just shut the doors. Because your, your worship is useless. You uselessly kindle fire upon my altar. I will not accept it. I wonder if God thinks that about us sometimes. Oh, that someone would just close the doors. And now we... And now we allow Satan to have his way by using COVID as an excuse to not come back. Right? I'm going to talk about that soon. 
found another excuse, God. Thank you for another excuse. That's not what we were saying when COVID was here. Oh, God, please help us. And then God answered our prayers. And what do we do? Okay, God, we don't need you anymore. What's happened to us? I don't know. Maybe, maybe what happened is COVID revealed what was really on our hearts. Thank God for those of you who come back. John 4, 23. So listen to what God is saying. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers, what does that imply? It infers there are false worshipers. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. There's only one way to worship God. And it has to be according to His will. But do you know what they said? Malachi chapter 1. You know what they said about worship? It's okay, God, let's just get down to the brass tacks of everything. Let us tell you really what's on our heart, God. We just want you to know that worship is boring. And I just don't want to be here. That's what they said. You know what's funny about that? I said that one time. The first time I came to the church and I went to worship and I sat down, I said, this is boring. And you know why I felt that way? Because I was worldly. I was worldly. I was not a Christian. I lived in the world and church to me, was boring. And I wasn't going to go back. Until I thought about it. I'm not the first one to think that, though. How about you? How about them? Listen to verse 13. You also say how tiresome it is. <laughs> right? How tiresome it is. Whew. And you disdainfully sniff at it, talking about the Lord's altar and the offering. And it's just tiresome, God. We're just doing this stuff for you. What about me? How tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring what was taken by robbery, and what is lame or sick. In other words, you didn't put any effort into this. Right? You just, you just grabbed something and said, here, here you go, God, just, just take this. It's kind of like how we give. Well, I went through my whole paycheck. Lord, here's what's left. You know how it works, right? It's kind of the same thing. Right? Just grab something and bring it to the Lord. So you bring the offering in this way. You bring the lame. You bring the sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices and blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. Is it? How tiresome is the Lord's Supper. 
Do it every week. Got to remember Jesus again. How tiresome is worship? I just, I don't know, I had a full day yesterday, and so this morning I'm, I'm just tired preaching. I hope you preach a short sermon so I can get home and get my rest. That's not going to happen. Hey, cut that out. What happened to us, church? That's all. I'm just asking, what happened to us? It's an individual answer. You, you have to answer for yourself. I have to answer for myself. Where am I in my relationship to God? Now, I want to close this out with this amazing thing that happened to me in my life. It's interesting, right? See, here's what was amazing. What was amazing was when I really started taking an inventory of my life, I realized something. I realized this. When I was thinking that church was boring before I started going to church, going to worship, should I say, before I began this whole idea in this process, I, I realized something, and that was I realized why I really didn't want to go to heaven. I realized why I really didn't want to go to heaven. Because I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to go to worship. Worship was boring. And if I have to go to heaven and do some phase of worship or some type of worship there too, maybe that's not the right place for me. Church, how in the world are we going to enjoy heaven if we can't find the joy in worship? Think about that. And and sadly, it's hard enough to get some of us here Sunday morning and I know three quarters of you won't come back tonight. How are you going to enjoy heaven if you can't enjoy worship? Worth-ship. And maybe that's exactly what it is. God really isn't worth that much of my time. Maybe. But don't let me put words into your mouth. This morning, the lesson is yours. How much worth, how much value has been placed from you to God in your relationship to Him? Remember two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus and His suffering on the cross. Remember that whole sermon? How much was dying on the cross that you worth to you? This morning, if not a Christian, we encourage you to become one. To surrender to God in the waters of salvation. Having heard his word and believed it, having found godly sorrow in your heart, repentance, confess his name before men, be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. If you are a child of God and you're struggling in your faith, and we can pray with you or pray for you in any way, we ask that you make that known to us. And we thank you for your time this morning. God bless you. Please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.